1: Want to make this quick video before I posted this video. Today is Friday, August 7th, which is the posting day of this video. I recorded this podcast episode uh, last May with the beautiful Ty Shaw. And Ty is about to drop some beautiful, beautiful information from my wonderful woman out there that's going to help awaken you, awaken your goddess, and empower you. I just want to say this because you're going to see it in this video. And if you're listening to the podcast, you're not going to see it. But sometimes when I'm interviewing people, I get really nervous. <laughs> And I get sweaty so in this video you will see that I have sweat stains or sweat you know sweat okay I'm just pointing that out just so y'all know that happens sometimes when I interview people and so you will see that in the video don't mind it you know I love Ty I think she's super amazing when I first met her I was just so amazed by her brilliance and her beauty um for me she is a one wonder- when I say a free woman I don't mean free as in her value is free I mean free as in She's a woman that you cannot bound up. She's her own woman. She is living a life of freedom the way that she would like to. And I think it's beautiful. You're going to learn some new things. You know, she's a, a spiritual reader as well. I'm going to add her to the Selfish Babe a spiritual readers list. So if you want a reading, a divination from Ty, you can definitely get one. She talks about sexuality in a spiritual way, she talks about masturbation in a spiritual way, Tantra. Mm-hmm um getting into the dom life if you want to be a dom uh dominatrix a dom you know a person that's like um uh in charge so to say sexually uh, for the women out there uh who may want men or women to serve you she talks about that and so um ty is beautiful i love her um you're gonna be in for a treat watching this so listening to this if you're watching please subscribe okay if you're listening please uh give a five-star review in apple i truly appreciate those reviews that really helps the podcast boost up and is visible and i just want to let y'all know i love y'all so 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 much and um yeah if you watch this podcast or listen to it, please, please, please share it on Instagram and tag me at Olanike OC as well as at Selfish Space. Bye. Welcome back Selfish Babes, it is your girl Olenike Osi here bringing you another Selfish babe, Selfish Talk podcast. And I am bringing you this wonderful goddess named Ty Shaw. And today we're gonna to be talking about embracing your whole goddess. Now for the Selfish Babes listening, if they don't know who you are and they should know who you are, please let us know love. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm Ty, um, I'm a somatic sex educator, um, initiated tantrica, initiated lineage-based priestess, um, scholar, filmmaker, a whole lot of shit you could call me. Yeah. Um, just nothing disrespectful. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Yay,
1: thank you. Um, and so on today's Selfish Babe, Selfish Talk podcast, um, I'm going to be titling it embracing your whole goddess. And so I really wanted to bring on Ty for this episode because just me interacting with her as well as just seeing her live her life, from what I see on Instagram at least. Mm. You know, I mean, I just really admire the fact that she doesn't cut off parts of herself and that she shows all of who she is. And so, Ty is a very spiritual woman, but she's also a woman that really embraces her sexuality and I really appreciate that. Because sometimes I feel like, especially as women, We can be like, oh, I'm so spiritual or maybe in religion where it's like, well, I can't go to the club on Saturday and still twerk and shake my ass because people (laughs) if they saw me, if the people in the church saw me, they would condemn me. Right. And so for me, like when I see Ty just doing her shit, I'm just like, wow, that's really amazing because it's like she embraces all of who she is. And when we talk about selfish babe and you selfishly and authentically loving yourself, it's about embracing all of who you are. And she's literally living that. And so I really want to bring her on and interview her because I think that we can all learn something just from how she lives her life. When she introduced herself, she mentioned that she's a somatic sex educator. Now, for those that don't know what that is, what, it, what is that?
0: So, essentially, I'm a sex educator that incorporates body-based techniques and practices. So that means I will physically touch you in a session, if that is what we have predetermined and pre-negotiated to do. That level of touch could include Taoist or tantric massage. It could include guided masturbation coaching. Mm -hmm. It could include guiding you through learning a new sexual technique or exploring a new aspect of your sexuality. Um, and giving you tips. It could include guiding you and your partner or partners yeah. through a particular sexual act. So I guess if, if I had to compare it, as opposed to like talk therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Which I uh, totally support therapy. I think all black folk in general and black women in particular definitely need to be in talk therapy. Talk therapy aims to, on a certain level, develop coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily heal and extract trauma from the body. Mm-hmm. But when you are talking about a somatic, a body-based approach to healing, you're talking about actual practices that are going to assist in the rewiring of the nervous system so that the body can physically realign or release trauma.
1: Hmm.
0: It's a different approach. I'm interested in not just you coping with your trauma or with whatever limitations society or yourself has imposed upon your sexuality. I'm interested in you actually healing it.
1: I like that. I like that a lot. So I just wanted to make sure that we uh, said that because, I, like on the podcast, I really like to break things down, like to like baby steps, because I'm just yeah. like somebody may not know what that is. So let's like break that right. down. So thank you so much for doing and that. I'm, and I really
0: appreciate you using the term actualizing your goddess. Yeah. Because the, the witch thing is big right now. Yeah. And I have a lot of issues with the term, particularly yeah. the ways in which it has been weaponized against Black women. Mm. And I see various groups sort of trying to reclaim that. Yeah. But I I, I just want to take this opportunity to say that as you reclaim your goddess or you tap into your esoteric nature, what you might call witchiness, no matter how much that grates my spirit, don't approach it in a white supremacist, capitalist, colonizer way. Okay. Learn the culture. Speak to the people who were doing it while most of these folks were still Christian. Mm-hmm. Don't just pop up and start doing shit, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If you're going to actualize your goddess, do it in an authentic fashion.
1: Now, someone listening to maybe like, well, how do I do that? How do I actually seek out the people that were the ones indigenously doing it? Like, how do I do that? So,
0: essentially, now it's not hard to find, mm-hmm. just like you find any other professional on the internet yeah. or through word of mouth or reference you can do with any valid, legitimate priest or practitioner. Mm-hmm. Whether we're talking about a therapist, yeah. not everybody with a license is your fit, right? We yeah. can go through references, we can speak to the people they work with, just as the same way you would find a legitimate priest. Yeah. You know, if I call myself a legitimate initiated priest, you should be able to inquire about my work from my elders. my students, my initiates, people who have worked with me without any hesitation or or any lack of transparency. If right now you wanted to hear from any one of my godchildren, initiated or not, you could do that. I would happily hand over my godparents who initiated me their information. Because we are a community that is built on that word of mouth, that building of reputation and responsibility.
1: Another question, a social baby would be like, well, I don't know how to find a priest or priestess, but I'm interested in this work. Because I think for me, it's like... Although I love to give wonderful, great references, I know not everybody lives in Atlanta, not yeah, everybody lives in yeah. North Carolina, wherever. But like, you're, if you're a self-assured listening is like, well, I would really love to, you know, work with a priest or priestess, but I don't really don't know of any. Where would I go? Well, if they're listening to this
0: podcast, they can certainly reach out to you or myself for that reference. Yeah. Uh, as priests, we develop networks across the country, mm. and we don't always, even though it is ideal, we don't always have to live immediately near our mentor. Yeah. I I have mentors that are in Africa, that are in Haiti, yeah. that are in Cuba, yeah. and you still have to, you know, whether they're not next to you, you still have to reach out and create community and travel and make some of those sacrifices. Yeah, that's how it ended up here. Many yeah. of us have roots in Cuba and Africa and Haiti yeah. or Trinidad for that matter or, or wherever else we might come from. Yeah, you know so it's about those networks it's about hey can i get a referral can i ask the proper questions to this person just like if you were coming to me on some and i know it's a weird kind of connection or segue to make yeah but even if you were coming to me on some kink shit, okay where are your references you're okay. trusting your body we're having a whole negotiation <laughs> you want me to tie your whole ass up and you don't know nothing about me yeah you don't know if I know where to tie, where not to tie. Mm. if I'm risking, if you're gonna be at risk for nerve damage fucking with me. You don't know any of this yeah. because you've not done the research. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is that this spirituality or these communities are no exception mm. to having to do that due diligence. Mm. I
1: like that. Now, would you be able to tell us a little bit about your childhood and where you grew up and where you born?
0: <sighs> so childhood. Well, born in Panama, Came up here very young. Um, and I was essentially raised between New York and Panama. Yeah. Um, shout out to all my Panamenos Afro Latinos we coming up. <laughs> Flatbush, Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? Let me to put that up here. Um, but aside from all of that, you know, obviously grew up East Flatbush, Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, I spent a, a little time living in Africa, living in Europe, coming back to the States, you yeah. know, getting serious about my spirituality, and then about, what is, I want to say, maybe two and a half, almost going on three years, Come when September comes, yeah. I moved to Atlanta.
1: Okay, nice. And how was a little bit of your schooling? Because you're very intellectual, like very, very <laughs> intellectual. Let us know some of your degrees and some of the things that you've studied. <laughs> so,
0: um, ooh, child. Well, I didn't start out as no intellectual because I got kicked out of mad schools before I finally got my ass out of high school. <laughs> okay. But um, um, I mean, studying here, I, I did my bachelor's degree in, with a dual concentration in Africana studies and visual arts. Um, I focused very heavily on various forms of uh, African resistance art and sort of women's political history in Central Africa and West Africa. Mm -hmm. Um, I did my MA in the same vein um, and I was teaching (laughs) actually. Um, But this whole time, I still, you know, as a result of my travels, my spirituality, I always had a deep interest in where sexuality and spirituality met and I, I, I just as a result of my own studies, I had a keen sense that outside of a white supremacist, and even the term supremacist, I mean, there's no such thing as white supremacy. What we're dealing with is white misanthropy, Mm because there's nothing supreme about whiteness or Mm -hmm. its invention, right? But when when you come out of a decidedly colonizer lens, Mm -hmm. sexuality and spirituality, your life, your love, your living, how one cares for oneself, they are not compartmentalized in this way. Mm. We understand beings as whole, yeah. comprised of various parts, and when one part is sort of out of alignment, it throws the whole situation off. Yeah. That is sort of the entire globe's worldview when you step out of cent- like decidedly centered whiteness. Yeah. You know? So, um, I guess just being political, studying Africa, studying religious tradition, getting initiated in a bunch of shit, um, I wanted to go deeper and deeper into indigenous sacred sexual arts
1: yeah.
0: and what that did for us spiritually or otherwise, yeah. right? So that's when I started, you know, taking Tantra courses, you know, and I had studied um, What is Tantra?
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> I know that they're going to be like, well, I don't know what that is. I mean, I mean we want to continue, but I mean, we really got to break it down. So oh, what you're is better.
0: that? better. yeah. <laughs> Assume podcasts on its own. <laughs> I know. Okay, all right. Okay, so Tantra is a lot of things. It depends on who you talk yeah. you're talking to. You're going to get a lot of answers. But in my view, the word Tantra comes from trayati and tanoti. It, it speaks to weaving and integrating mm-hmm. um, and bringing consciousness to in Sanskrit. And that's a very loose definition because I, I can give you 50 other ones, but yeah. for the sake of brevity. It implies weaving the process of weaving and integrating all one's experiences to live a liberated existence. Okay. That's my definition of yeah. Tantra. Tantra is what the actual practice of living a liberated existence. Hmm. Why? Because. Tantra is a lot of things. It can be sexual. Yeah. It can be non-sexual. Yeah. Tantra can be lineage-based. It can refer to purely spiritual, ascetic practices that sort of renounce the body altogether and offer themselves in, in prayer and in devotion to whether that's Shakti, the divine feminine, or Shiva, the divine masculine, or the union, parashakti, and whatever else you know people want to go down that route.
1: Yeah,
0: A complete, completely dark, you know, what some would consider debaucherous in a black Tantra sort of way and overindulgent and all of these other things. It can be what Ipsalu calls pink Tantra,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> which is a little bit of red, a little bit of white, which is where you have sort of spiritualized, ritualized practices melded in with deeper esoteric spirit, uh, sexual practices. Okay. But what Tantra is saying is that through embracing all of one's divinity, yeah. all of one's self, yeah. this is how we free ourselves hmm. it's not just about sense gratification how does your sense gratification and your desire your sensuality facilitate your spiritual growth and development hmm. how does it solidify your immortality hmm. if you want to take it from a mortal perspective hmm. you know what I mean yeah. what does it do to evolve you as a spirit who has decidedly chosen to incarnate hmm.
1: and would you say that's more than sex then
0: I would say sex is more than sex.
1: Hmm.
0: I would say it's time for us to uh, expand our definition of sex because if if you tell me it's more than sex, then that tells me you come up—you not you in particular, but the proverbial—you are coming from a perspective that sex is dick enters pussy Hmm. goodbye, Hmm. and then it's and it's philogocentric. The dick goes up, we have sex. The dick goes down, sex is over.
1: Yeah,
0: and that's why you have so many women who are anorgasmic. Yes. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Ty,
1: like, has a lot of jewels. Um, and I'm actually glad that you touched on that because a lot of people do think that that is what sex is. Yeah, um, babies. And there are a lot of women that are not having orgasms, babies. as we know. Um, so if you will be able to dive in a little bit of, well, how do you think that women should be, looking at sex, should be defining what sex is, should be experiencing sex? Ooh, that's juicy.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay, so there is my personal politic, and then there's the general politic. I'm going to take in general, I think that women should strictly come from, their point of departure should be that of pleasure, and their right to it. And approaching and understanding, internalizing pleasure as a birthright, yeah. and also a spiritual tool, yeah. because your birthright, when it that pleasure, when paired with climax and then eventually uh, ejaculatory orgasm, mm-hmm. creates things—not just people, but plans, goals, change, yeah. right? Spiritual evolution, possessions, all kinds of weird shit, right? Yeah. Now, in terms of my personal politic, I feel that. Sex in my personal practice should be defined as devotion. Hmm. It should be defined as by the physical worship and devotion to me as an embodiment of the goddess. Hmm. And I won't engage in any other type of sex. Yes. Which is why I firmly believe in female-led relationships. Yeah. I firmly believe in that as a way of life. And when I'm talking about embodying the goddess, I'm not using that in some colloquial some you know colloquial euphemistic sort of way. Yeah. I mean that very literally. Yeah. I mean that, in my opinion, male-born individuals who identify as men, yeah. who subscribe to the patriarchy in all of its cohorts, are not fit for leadership, and we have the state of the world to show for that, yeah. right? So, <laughs> I think that you should, imbi- in my practice, when I am going to engage in that level of intimacy, whether it's penetrated or not, it's an act of devotion unto me.
1: Yes, you said female-led relationships. What is that? <laughs> so F.L.R. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean we're gonna yeah. break all the way down. I know <laughs> it's so
0: much to go, right? <laughs> so a female-led relationship. Uh, so we live in um, a society that is mostly dominated by Abrahamic schools of thought, right? Mm-hmm. Christian, Islamic, Judaic, etc., which are. Yes, bastardize African traditions, and we could go into all of that. But going with the status quo, they say that's their history, so that's what they've given us. Yes. Okay, well, let's act like we're going to go for that. Yeah. Assuming all of these lies are true. Yes. These lies tell <laughs> even you. Even though
1: we know they're a lie. <laughs>
0: Right. You know, assuming all these lies are true. Even though we know they lies. Um... This patriarchy, this machine, this white misanthropic plutocratic oligarchy teaches you that you should be this male person, this male human's helpmeet. Hmm. that you should mold yourself in into things that are to his liking hmm. and and easier and palatable for him and easy on his sensibilities right yes. this is what makes you a good woman and you're better than the rest of us bad sluts because you've kept your legs closed and someone has chosen you and you have an owner on paper and in ring right yes. um and it bases your whole worth and value based on your ability to please this male human yes. and um, bear him children and yes. whatever else that goes. And fuck your happiness or your health or your sanity. And mm. the fact that he's gonna literally take years off your life because women live longer on average when they're fucking single,
1: mm. <laughs> you know what I
0: mean? I they do. That. Girl, Google it, I the stats don't lie. Men live longer when they are married. Wow. Women have shorter lifespans when married.
1: Wow. Yes. Is that Go like it. energy training? Is that the energy being sucked out of us? Is that what that is? it
0: ain't nothing but the patriarchy. <laughs> ain't nothing but the patriarchy.
1: Fucking with, fucking one of these men
0: to kill you heart faster than a heart attack these days. Wow. The number one killer of black women right now is intimate partner violence. Hmm. Not no, not no. no heart attack, not no car crash, no act of God. Yes. It's men.
1: Wow. That's your biggest <laughs> Danger. Wow. You hear that? <laughs> Google <stuff> that.
0: <laughs> Google it. I don't make these things up. Don't be mad at the messenger. Hmm. But that's the truth. Anyway, so in terms of female-led relationships, it's it's about flipping that over its head. For okay. me, female-led relationships are a return to the natural order of things. Okay. There was a time in antiquated history where matriarchy was the rule of the day. Yeah. This is facts. Take don't be mad at me. Take it up with history.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. And we know that through consistent millennia-long acts of violence, whether it's been sexualized violence or straight-up war. Yeah. This that, that matriarchy has been dethroned and snatched and replaced with what we have today.
1: Hmm. And so we see it. Hmm. Now, if a woman <laughs> is like, okay, well, you know, I may be interested in having a female-led relationship. How does that look? Like, how does that look in your relationships?
0: Oh, man. Um, <laughs> so for me, it is a return to understanding what the feminine actually is and what the masculine is. Okay. So like I mentioned earlier, when I'm talking about the goddess, I'm not talking about some colorful thing they say, they say online, right? Because yes. a, a lot of times when people talk about even embodying your goddess, they mean, come into your feminine, write your affirmations, you know, do your full moon ritual. And we don't see what it, what it looks like an in intangible change yes. or how, you, like, what does that feel yes. like? So for me, in terms of female related relationships, it means that as the feminine in my relationship I am actively embodying the goddess and all that she is meant to do which mm. means my job is to be the spiritual foundation and leader of this house okay. channel the messages and strategies that need to be channeled because you at them as the masculine need to defend protect and give form in which for me to embody yes and then you need to execute yes because my job is that of creation mm. your job is that of execution and okay. in some cases destruction mm. because not we and we see that nature of the masculine play out in the fucking world yes because we have a hyper masculine world it is hyper destructive hyper murderous yes it is out of balance with the feminine
1: yes you know, and that's
0: not the only thing it, it, it needs to do. There are various archetypes that need to be embodied within the masculine, whether that's their own healer, their own strategist, their own warrior, all these things that create a holistic, whole human male. Yes. Because the patriarchy ain't just getting us. It's taking humanity from men as well. That's true. It's getting everybody. Yes. Okay? It's making men into emotional, emotionless animals, even though they're the most emotional of everything. Mm. Because if you watch the news, the emotions of men run the world. Hmm. They start wars. Hmm. Or they, they create laws.
1: Yes. Not the facts. Yes. But
0: how men feel about things. Yes.
1: Okay. That's very true.
0: Okay. How they feel about bodies they will never have. Yes.
1: That's how they talk about abortion laws. Okay,
0: thank you. Mm-hmm. How they feel about how other human beings should dress. Yes. Or the rights other human beings should possess. Yes. Not facts. Yes. So even, even that trope that they posit, oh, women are emotional, men are not, blah, 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 it's all a lie. Mm. The emotions and insecurities of men dictate that we should be covered in burqas. Yes. In burqas, you know what I'm saying?
1: That's Saudi Arabia. Yeah.
0: You, you, you get what I'm trying to say? So it's about have, returning to a level of balance where I can play my role as the feminine. Yeah. And that doesn't mean I'm less than or... I have to be, you know, some handmaiden. Yeah. It's, I have to understand what real power looks like. Mm-hmm. And it's all over here.
1: I have a question. Mm-hmm. So, for same sex relationships, let's say it's a female female relationships, mm-hmm. does that still work? Absolutely. How? Because the
0: bodies don't matter, the principles are there.
1: Yeah. Explain it, that. We want to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> The Prince
0: is the principles because even when you have let's say you have two same gender loving women and both identify as femme yeah. inevitably they are still within the personalities going to be masculine and feminine personalities yeah. and qualities yeah. and so if it doesn't play out in your performance of gender uh you know outwardly in yeah. your style of dress it will play out in your human interactions it's energetic yeah. it's 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 about physics yeah. not people yeah. not bodies per se this is not a question of physiology so much but of physics hmm. of electricity yes positive
1: and negative charges now, so I'm glad that you mentioned that because um, a lot of time we talk about spiritual and different things, there can be a whole debate of, like, same-sex relationships and how it's a no-go, but... That's, which is at, a lie. Which is a lie, I'm Straight glad Straight-up lie. Yes. That ain't got
0: nothing to do with us. Yes. Be them white man things. Okay? And post-colonial African things, because you know pre-colonization, <laughs> that wasn't African shit neither. Stop it, Africans.
1: So I'm glad <laughs> that we touched on that because you said... Just in the relationship, it will play out. The principles of masculine and feminine will, they will. Feminine will play out.
0: So, because you see that, let's say when you have a femme and you have, like, a more masculine-presenting, same-gender-loving yeah. woman, and you see them femmes running them down to the ground. But they
1: present as all... I mean, come on. It, yeah. it plays out in the energy. Yes. I'm sorry to No, no, off. no. I want to know, like, a simple, everyday example of... A woman embodying her goddess, doing a female-led relationship. A simple example. So, for example, I came in here, right, and I had to, you know, move the couch. But she was like, "No, don't move the couch. That's not your job." That's what. That's what I mean. Give me a breakdown. Something (laughs) like just like that, because (laughs) I really want to know. That's not your job. That's his job. Yes. Yeah. So don't do that. Now
0: I. I don't do do anything outside of my job, and my (laughs) job is to exist to create, to magnetize, to channel, to do the work of my ancestors, to do what I'm here to do. Yeah. And to love on you properly such that you can do your job, yeah. which is to provide, to execute these messages I done channeled. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm giving a super simplistic, and you know, I know the so-called feminists will do whatever they're doing with that. Yeah. And I'm a card-carrying Africana womanist. I, I'm not, I'm a black woman. I ain't got shit to do with the feminism, but yeah. however, yeah. comma, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We can go there too. Next, next. <laughs> um, I just feel we have jobs.
1: Yeah.
0: In terms of my everyday goddess, I I live. Like I'm a lifestyle dom, yeah. so my politics aren't separate from like my spiritual practice or my relationships. So I live my DS twenty four seven. I don't really observe like low or medium protocol, which I just discovered today as we were talking earlier. I kind of have my rules, and that's how I want it all the time.
1: I love that. You have to define your life, you know. ashe I have a question. Uh, Do you have your phone on you? I do. Can you get your Instagram out? Yes.
0: Okay. Okay, Go on to your Instagram. All right. I'm on here.
1: Okay. So there was a picture. I need to read this because I'm recording on my phone. Oh, okay. So this is a a message on uh, Ty's Instagram, which is Real Ty Supreme. You should be following her on Instagram if you're not already following her. <laughs> and I I already apologize if some of the things are misspelled. Would you prefer me to do like this so I can like know? Because you story- want me to you want me to read it? For oh you? yes, okay. this would be great. I think it's wonderful.
0: Okay, so this is. Okay, one of my captions. I didn't know we were going to do this, but okay. Um, a few folks have messaged me inquiring about the beads on my wrist, my idea of Ifa my idea of yamoja and Yemoja and um, Elegba, uh, asking why I don't remove them for these photos. My answer no matter what I'm doing, I never stop being me. I am a mambo, Yalorisha, Yanifa, Yaya Nganga, Muertera, Espiritista, and Tantrica. I am also a sex worker, former adjunct professor, scholar, filmmaker, mother, and lover. I do not compartmentalize who I am or tuck away any part of myself for anyone's comfort. Whether you like it or not, my spirits, ancestors, loa, Odisha, Kimpungule, etc., are all with me all of the time. I do not sacrifice my sacred sexual self for the sake of anyone's Christianized view of purity or what how a priest should be. I define who I am. The acceptance of others is not a requirement. So yes, my day will stay on my wrist, even as I perform the naughtiest of acts with a <laughs> worthy, worthy submissive. My goddess is fine with that. Check for your own.
1: Yes, so um, I had read that earlier today, <laughs> and um, I love that. And I think that is what is emb- what embodying the goddess is. And there was another caption that I want to get into that you had posted, <laughs> and it said, At the feet of the goddess is where you find salvation. Why is that?
0: Because she is the one who holds the answers. Mm -hmm. She is the cosmic primordial black womb from whence we all emanate. Yeah. The primordial sauce. And what they are all working to get back into.
1: Yeah. All the time. Yes. Now, (laughs) segue into your dom lifestyle. And what does that look like? Because when I read this caption, I'm getting that as well. Yes,
0: absolutely. So
1: for those that don't know what that is, what is a DOM, how does that lifestyle look?
0: Oof, okay, so a dom, a a dom is short for dominant or dame in in the case of women. Um, And that essentially, within the realm of BDSM and kink identities, there are dominant types that identify in a number of ways. They can be the tops, the givers, the ones who are taking a position of power and control in a DS dynamic, a dominant submissive dynamic, or a master-slave dynamic, depending on how they choose to identify. Yeah. How it looks. Um, depends on the Dom, because mm. you have to define your life. Yeah, I tend to be very, what they consider, I guess, old guard in some ways. Like I'm very big on protocols, rules, um, strict senses of um, training and how yeah. I wish to be served. Yeah. Um, and the manner in which I approach BDSM and King Practices is very spiritually informed. Yeah. For me, it is an outlet of my sa- my, my sacred sex priesthood work. Mm. And I And I don't say that in some, again, sort of woo-woo manner. Like I was initiated as a tantrica. Um, I, I performed sexual ritual. And aside from that, even, I would say, even to a large extent, being a priest of, um, of Arisha in certain ways, my particular Arisha Yemoja, and even legba, who's always like in Africa depicted with like an erect penis and represents virility and sort of, you know, all of that male stuff, if you will. Mm-hmm. As a result of, of like, colonialism, uh, African cultures have become much more conservative and Christian-influenced. But when you come into our practices and the roots of them, that's not how we feel about any of it. Hmm. People love to holler, Oshun, 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 particularly people who are not initiated and don't really know anything about Oshun. That aside, shade aside, because it really grates my spirit, what they're doing here. Um, Really, a lot of what they attribute to Oshun has a lot to do with Yemoja. Hmm. You know what I mean? In many of her odus, oh, she is where the, vag- the vagina is first opened and copulation is born. Mm-hmm. Whereas Oshun is conception and the spark and the thing that makes life sweet and enjoyable and necessary. Yemoja is that sexual act
1: mm-hmm. embodied.
0: Mm-hmm. But whereas Oshun is the part where you conceive the child, Yemoja is doing the rearing and the raising.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and oftentimes we also, we stereotype Arisha. Yes. We put them in these small boxes And we say, okay, you know, Yemoja is the fat black mother raising children. And it's like, not all of Yemoja is like that. Just like you have various sides to you, so does Yemoja. Mm. And much of her is very seductive, Mm. very, very deeply sexual, deeply into that aspect of her embodiment. And that's part of embodying the goddess. So for me, um, being a female dominant not only is, in my opinion, a return to natural order and yeah. where things make sense again, yeah, and people's pleasure and happiness are once again centered, right? Um, it's 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 an extension of my worship, hmm. which is why I won't accept anything but worship.
1: Yes, and I like that. How did you get started into into dom um, lifestyle?
0: Oh shit, girl. Um, <laughs> so I had. Uh, I mean, I had read, like, books because, you know, like, my cousins and my father's side of the family were always loved romance novels, so I was always trip up on, like, some freaky-ass books, so I had an idea <laughs> yeah. that, you know, white folks was doing things. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really start to learn get a lot about it until my friend Fluff, well, I call him Fluff, that's not yeah. his real name, but he is a black dom, well, master. Yeah. Um, more of along the Gorian line of domination okay. and that's
1: another podcast. Yeah, girl. I don't know what that is <laughs> right. Yeah,
0: so it comes like from like the these this collection of books, to stories of gore, which is like this whole made up fantasy world, like sci- sci-fi meets porn. It's a whole okay. thing, but anyway, but the, and that is a grotesque oversimplification, and the Gorean community might be very angry with me for doing okay. that. But you get what I'm saying.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So. Basically he came from that perspective and one day he invited me over to his apartment. I go to the apartment, he and this white girl on like a leash naked opens the door and I come in and it's a couple of white girls. One is eating out of a dog bowl, one is laid over his lap getting spanked and I'm like, What world is this? <laughs> how you got white bitches? Imagine walking into that. Okay. okay. Like how, you got, how you got white bitches on leashes? Yeah. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. I want in. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing. Okay, but, because, you know what I mean. Yeah. no offense to my white sister and, you know, all of that, but I'm just saying. It yeah. blew my mind. Yeah. blew my mind. I was like, then, and this is legal? You know what I'm <laughs> to... Like, they want to do this. Like, so they, they pay let's, in let's you to do Yeah, Oh, man. Oh, no. Yeah. Where do I sign up? Yeah. You know, and so, he started teaching me certain things. Um, you know, I started practicing. Um got to cut my teeth on a couple of his subs, and then I went into dungeon life. Mm. I started working in, you know, dungeons around New York City, <laughs> which I called more of a like a fetish service provider, almost, because okay. they come in, they want a fantasy, you do it, blah, blah. Yeah. So I felt like it wasn't until I started going independent and doing my own thing, that I really came into, like, my dominant persona. Because yeah. now it wasn't about, okay, I got to get this John to book me out of this these other 12 girls in the dungeon. Yeah. But he's coming specifically to see and serve me.
1: Yeah, you know? I love that a lot. And, um... But
0: I learned a lot. I mean, it was, it's a very valid way. And I'm not saying there are no mistresses or masters or true dominance in that scene. I just, for my journey, I found it harder to really embody myself in that.
1: If there was a selfish babe that said, well, wow, well, that sounds interesting, I would like to learn more about that, like, where would they be able to go?
0: Go to my site and purchase my uh, Ask a Dame webinar. That's my Intro to Femdom webinar. They can definitely take
1: that. Yeah. Shameless promotion. No. Um, I do mentor.
0: Um so that
1: they can go to your website. They can go to my
0: website, they can get my Ask a Dame webinar. I also mentor and offer coaching for new girls who want to get into domination. I've been working super hard on my Dame Bootcamp, which I'm hoping to release. It's just like it's so hard to get a space in Atlanta to do okay. certain things. But either way, private coaching, mentorship, taking my webinar they're always welcome to reach out.
1: Okay, definitely reach out. I know it's something that I'm interested in as well, but definitely reach out. I think that Ty, um, Ty is somebody that I would recommend for a lot of things. And so as a selfish babe watching or listening, definitely reach out for her services. And I wanted to ask you about like you do Tantra, but you offer Tantra services, but... So I know that I wanted to come to you for like Tantra coaching, but for me, like me personally, like by myself.
0: Coaching. So what you asked me about was energy healing. Yes. And there's a particular style, and that was in the vein of what you saw me do at the Tantra Fest on a male embodied individual. That style of Tantra is called Grand Trine Tantra, or that's taught by Yao Morris, um, which is a polarity based work. Mm -hmm. So ideally in that style that you saw specifically because there are various techniques, men or well, male-bodied individuals should work on female-bodied individuals and vice versa yeah. because of the energetic polarity you're manipulating. Yeah. In order for me to work on another female-bodied individual, what I need to do to complete sort of that energetic circuit is bring a male in. Yeah. And so that's what I was trying to explain. Like, if you're asking me for what you saw me demo, yes. then I need to do this other no. thing. No.
1: Like, you taught at um, Amina's class, and you were talking about Tantra, but it was like, and I think you were going to go into yoni massage and a whole bunch of stuff, but it was like literally you cannot, like 30 minutes or an hour or two hours is just not enough for everything that you have, <laughs> all the knowledge that you have. So I was like, well, how do I do like one-on-one coaching for that before myself? For me, it's oh, tantra yeah. for self-love. But right. I want to learn it from you, but, like, for me.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm down with that. I I do one-on-one coaching for people who's like, okay, Ty, I need to figure it out. I just need to study with you. Let's get a package going. This is what I want to learn, and I develop a whole lesson plan for us, and we go through it. Mm -hmm. Um, I also (laughs) do small groups as well. I'm totally down. I love working one-on-one or with small groups. Um, I have a couple of people who have been interested in learning more about shamanistic tantra, um, and I've learned some... Recently, some additional techniques that I've been trying to pass on to women so that they can work on same sex individuals. Yeah. You just have to bring more of the hardcore work into it. Okay. Yeah. You know, but anyway,
1: another podcast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it's like, just reach out to me. Let me know what you're trying to do. We have yeah. a consultation and we work it out.
1: Yes. I just want to make sure I mentioned that because yeah. um, I'm definitely going to reach out for that. But you guys should be reaching out for that too. And if people want to put
0: together small groups, and I, I'm happy to come in and deal with small groups and we create that program.
1: I love that. Now, take us a little bit through your spiritual journey, starting from maybe like 15.
0: Oh shit. Um, Ouch. I'm like, you had these are the big ones. Okay. (laughs) Um, So, I guess my spiritual journey has been a bit convoluted. Okay, my on my mother's side, they were evangelists. Right. But when we came to this country, my mother converted to Nisharan Daishonin's Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And she's been a Buddhist ever since. Yeah. So when it comes to manifestation or how to approach the multiverse or speak things into existence, I learned a lot from my mother because my mother has been a devout Buddhist for the better part of 20 years. Yeah. You know, praying her dawn prayer, evening prayer, you know, religiously. So I grew up kind of chanting with my mother during the week. But then on the weekends, if I was with my maternal grandmother, we were in what in the islands they call like veggie night or uh, spiritual church, hmm. <laughs> which is sort of an Africanized church with sprinklings of Orisha here and there and okay. other kind of things that you see more popular in like Jamaica and Trinidad, mm. Panama. Um, because my grandmother was a mother in the church for over 40 years and a traveling evangelist, which is what brought her to this country. Yeah. But then on my father's side, we were heavily Catholic. And when I ended up going back to my country as a teenager, I was in Catholic school again, yeah. you know, and they were more on the Espiritista side and Catholicism. So by the time I make it back up here, my mother's still a practicing Buddhist family is still Catholic and dealing with this other spiritual shit on the side. And I'm coming into quote unquote consciousness. I I, I call myself a reformed hoteptrist, (laughs) you know? And so I started just exploring. I got into the comedic practices and then I got initiated over there. Then I um, started getting into more, like I studied with some Akan folks at a time and did a few things, but I didn't get initiated there. I moved on to Orisha, Palo. Haitian Voodoo, Ifa, yeah. yeah. etc.
1: And how has all of your spiritual journeys played a, played the roles in your current life today? Because you have a lot of different titles.
0: Yeah, I just I'm just dying. Um, <laughs> I, I find because to, for me they represent sort of my personal puzzle. Hmm. They all speak to different aspects of my spirit and come together to make like a holistic picture for hmm. me. Like, to be honest, no, even though, yes, I'm initiated to a Risha, I am an Iyalorisha, meaning I have given birth to others. Because people use the term Ia and Baba very loose. Yeah. They use it, like a form of respect, right? Yeah. Like, hey, that person is initiated. Hey, Iya, hey, Baba. But from a Lukumi perspective, and I'm initiating in the Lukumi tradition in terms of Arisha, um, that is a, not precise for us. Okay. For us, you're an Iya or Baba when you have given birth. Okay. You have birthed another Arisha. So that means not only have I been initiated, now I'm an Olosha, I have initiated others, okay. so now I'm an Iya, right? Okay. Uh, now I'm the mama. Okay. So anyway... Even though I have all that shit going on, to be honest, I identify first and foremost as a palera and a mambo. And the reason why is because it aligns with my politics. These are the traditions created by black women of the diaspora who are concerned with liberation. And at the foundation of everything I do, whether that comes out in a sexual manner or a spiritual manner, my point of departure is that of liberation. Mm. If it's not in support of your liberation, then in my mind, it's firmly in support of your enslavement in some form or fashion.
1: Okay.
0: And ain't no middle ground.
1: Okay. Now, my last question is What advice would you give the selfish babe listening on how to explore more of who they are?
0: Ooh, I love it, I love it. How to explore more of who they are? Yeah. Develop a masturbation ritual. Okay. Sit in front of a mirror and do it. Okay. And chant what you need into yourself. Okay. As you do it, first and foremost, your pleasure has to be centered.
1: If you say chant what you need, say it like I need more money, or you are like affirm, affirm it, it. Okay, you have to, 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 to speak. Sure so,
0: with, and that, that's what—that's a good question. The the, the place where people just fuck up with the damn affirmations is because they say in the thing and there's no emotion behind it. Uh-huh. What's going to fuel it is. A, you having a clear vision of it, yes. B, putting the words to it, and C, attaching a positive, strong emotion to it. Hmm. That emotion piece is what's going to send the signal out to the multiverse. Yeah. You have to say it as if it's happening. So if, if it's the lover that I want, you know, I am currently making love to... My divine partner. Yeah. He is pleasing me in these ways. Yeah. I have guided him. Or she or you understand yeah. what I'm saying? It has to be an affirmation. It's like what my mother used to say, you can't go to the multiverse begging.
1: Yeah. You gotta
0: demand.
1: Yes. In this
0: moment, yes. and understand that you know where you want to put your colonizer entitlement? Put it in your affirmations. Yes. That's where
1: it's positive. Yes. Feel
0: entitled to the shit you affirming.
1: Yes. And That's a
0: good place for your inner colonizer. Yeah,
1: and I like that a lot because, but I'm <laughs> glad you touched on that, and I mentioned that because, like, even when we talk about prayer, a lot of times the prayer is begging and pleading. It's begging. But that's not prayer. I'm not into it. I don't do that. Like I yeah. say, affirmation is my prayer because I like to say this if I already have it. That's no It's right. coming to me. And that's the way that I believe that we should be praying, affirming it. But even prayer,
0: prayer is a conversation that should be wrought with affirmations. Mm-hmm. It should be like, no, my God, I like come to your feet and your divine essence because I know yes. that this is already in motion because you understand my needs. I see. And you have never given me any reason to believe otherwise. Mm. And I will not start today.
1: Mm-hmm. You understand? Yes.
0: Those are the conversations I have with my goddess. I don't yes. know what anybody else is doing. Yes.
1: <laughs> you know? I love that. So you said start a masturbation. Start, yes, yeah, start
0: a masturbation practice first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Start a, a meditation practice okay. second of all. Um, find and cultivate a political spiritual awareness that aligns with who you truly are, hmm. and here's here's what I mean. Even if you call yourself Christian, which, quite frankly, I, I, you know whoever it offends, I don't know what I'm about to say to you at this point. Yes. but I don't know what else needs to happen for you to know that that may not be our thing. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Do yeah. you boo and power to people? <laughs> but you know, even if that's what you're doing, yeah, you have to frame. Your, your, your belief in something that is a greater extension of you or outside of you in a politic and a way of being that actually supports your fucking freedom and humanity. Hmm. That means if, if your creator is something that does not reflect you, yes. that has no love for you, that needs to shame you into yes. obedience. Yes. Think about your relationship to self and how that's fucking with your mental health.
1: Yes i have a question (laughs) but do you think that because like growing up when we talk about christianity or just growing up in general god is man god is a man
0: (laughs) where where does a male anything create anything or give life to anything but but just
1: just in conversation of people like thank god and i'm so glad he did this that's the father i get so confused because i'm just like well as a woman me looking at God and being like, God is man. That's very confusing to me. I don't
0: know nothing about that. And then that.
1: the fact that you're not asking yourself, well, where's the woman in this? That doesn't make any sense to me. That's where my questions start with Christianity just in general. But I feel like when we start asking ourselves those questions and saying, does this make sense to me? Which is, I think that's what you're saying. Aligning with a spiritual practice that makes sense to you. When you start asking those questions, it's like, okay, this don't make no sense.
0: And ask yourself, who do these beliefs profit? Yes. Because your lack of self-love, your belief in these external factors, they reinforce your profitability. Hmm. Because your enslavement, your oppression, is profitable. Hmm. And at the end of the day, it's about these dollars and cents under Hmm. this capitalism Yeah. So you got to start thinking, who do these beliefs in this male, even if you would have hit me with an androgynous it creator, that is sensible. That makes sense. Yes. Okay, it, you gonna have to hit me with a she or it for it to make sense to me. <laughs> she or it.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, Ty. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the selfish Babe selfish Babe, selfish talk podcast. Where can people find you? Where can they email you, pay you, hit you up, all of that?
0: Oh, you better everywhere. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> a PayPal son. Cash app rising. You know what I'm saying? Yes.
1: Okay. <laughs> at.
0: No, let me stop. Um, <laughs> I am is my website, I-A-M-T-Y-S-H-A-W, yeah. just like a spell, at RealTysupreme on the IG, I used to be sex with Ty, but they deleted me yeah. and, without telling me shit, and, they, and Instagram, you know you ain't shit for that, but it's okay, <laughs> at RealTysupreme, Shaw on the Facebook, sex with Ty on the Twitter.
1: Yes, definitely follow her. Definitely take her courses. Definitely look into her webinar of Dom Life that she had yes. definitely mentioned. Ask Dom Dame yep. I definitely i uh, recommend her. Do you? Uh, how do you feel about people reaching out for you for readings?
0: Absolutely, they can okay. reach out to me for various divinations. I yes. do divinations in Orisha and Palo Voodoo. You know, hit me up. We'll see what's up.
1: And I highly recommend her for readings. <laughs> They're very very insightful to your life. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, beautiful. Thank you. Ooh.